So there is a little thread that we are in the midst of, and we're continuing this thread, and, and next Lord's Day hopefully will be the, the culmination of what I'm trying to get at in these lessons. And to know, uh, this morning we're talking about where our hearts are. Now I'm not sure about, about you and what goes on in your life and how things go on, but I would guess that we're very similar because we're humans in that we've got peaks and valleys in our relationship with God. Paul has brought that out Wednesday night. He brought it out again this morning in the songs that we have. And that we are at times just on fire for the Lord, and other times we're like, ah, oh, it feels like just such a trudgery at times. For whatever the reasons may be in life, it happens. This morning we're talking about something that I think actually goes beyond from a basic necessity that becomes a lifestyle, if you will, if you take the, or extrapolate from, the physical. And we're talking about hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And, and I think we understand basically what's being said, but there's some things I think that sometimes we forget. And so I'm wanting to go over that this morning. You see, hungering and thirsting is just the most natural thing that every one of us can understand. Kids understand it. When I hear my children that have eaten just two hours ago, sometimes 20 minutes earlier, it's like, I'm starving to death. They just had food. And of course, when you become teenagers, well, that just, you throw the budget out the window for most families. Fortunately, Davises don't eat too much. <laughs> but you understand this concept that we, we eat and we eat and we eat. And guess what? We still say later on, we're hungry. And I remember on, was it, we had a potluck. Where was it? Just re Oh, I know. Last night. I'm sorry. Um, last night down in Alabama with Julie's family, we were having one of those reveal, you know, where you reveal the baby, boy or girl kind of thing. And, and um, everyone was asked, are you ready to eat? It's the most obvious answer that you could have and everyone's just like yes we're starving we haven't had any food for hours there's something basic about hungering and thirsting that we have the, these strong appetites strong desires and it's very interesting that this is what is on the heels of blessed are the poor in spirit and blessed are the meek there's a reason for that, and we're going to get to that in just a bit. We understand hungering and thirsting. You see, this is a natural desire for us to have food um, and to have water. And the thing is, once it's met, there's this contentment. But interestingly enough, I've heard science and research stating that it takes 20 minutes for the brain to kind of get that you're full. After you've been eating and eating and eating when you already are full, You've had enough, but your brain hadn't read it, so you keep gouging and gorging, gouging, gorging and, and eating and, and what have you. And, and so you have at one point this sense of contentment. And some of us, because we like food so much, we go well beyond contentment. We go to we're in pain. That's what happens. And so we, we understand this. On the contrary, on the flip side is that when... We've not had that met. Maybe because we've not had enough food. Or maybe because we're dieting. Or for whatever the reasons are, 
we have this hungering. This, I'm, I've been on a diet for about a week now just because I ate way too much over Thanksgiving, Christmas, every, oh, championship football. All those things added up to 10 pounds. And so now I'm trying to lose some of the weight because for me, it affects my back. I know when, it, when my back goes bad. But this morning, my stomach is just making all kinds of sounds. I thought it was trying to harmonize with the singing. I thought that's so bad. But it's just, it's your, your body lets you know, I want food. Even if it's not necessarily needed because it's got a strong appetite. What's understood physically, what we know to be true physically, where we hunger and we thirst and we want and so we go and we get. And, and some of you are probably like, by the end of 11 o'clock hour and going toward 12 o'clock, you're like, you're ready to get out and find the first restaurant that will accept people. I know that's the way some of you work. And so we understand physically what goes on in our body. We translate that, correlate that to our walk with God spiritually. And here's the thing. We get it here. We understand it when we read the words. But in the body of Christ, not everyone understands it in application. And I'll be the first to raise my hand. There are times when I look in reflection upon the way I'm using my life. Whether it's my time, the, the energy I put into something, the, um, the amount of whatever that energy is into the task. And I can see where my desires are. And being honest with myself, I can tell when idols start to creep back into my life because I see where I'm hungry I see what I'm thirsting after and it's times like this that I need this lesson and I don't know if I need it everyone because these are common to Christianity common to us struggling because we got the flesh warring against the spirit and so we need to talk about these things spiritually because this is necessary if the work of our uh, Lord continues to grow here at Franklin because there's going to be a lot of us that if we don't pay attention to these things and reflect upon these things and deal with them personally we will be very content to live high on the hog in this world but be spiritually malnourished because we don't hunger after righteousness so I wanted to look at these things here's the way the world does and I remember what was about 1992, I went to Annandale, Virginia, um, did the, whatever, all the preachers from around the country came together, and the, every year they were going through this, I know the Heinleys know about this, um, and so I was asked, I just started preaching that year, so the first year, I still have a lot of Hawaiianese in me, not a lot of proper English, and so I was messing up everything under the sun, I think that was even recorded, that lesson, I look back going, oh, that was so awful, how could anyone understand what I was saying? But I remember one of the things that I was saying is uh, living on the high hog. I forget now how I've worded it. I just messed it up so bad. But I knew what it meant because I lived in the mainland long enough. But there's a lot of times that we, even as Christians, live just like the world. Living high on the hog in the things of this life. That everything that our appetites can go after, we do. Whether it's work. And we work and work and work and work. And if that's not enough, we want to work some more. 
we have a phrase called workaholics. There's a lot of workaholics. And then if it's not work, then it comes to games. And if we look about, I mean, look on anyone's phones. The average person will have games on their phones. It comes loaded, preloaded, just like on the computer and on the tablets and everything. And if that's not enough, we go and add a few, a few thousand more. We're laughing because it's true. And if it's not the games, then it's some other form of entertainment. I mean, if it's not, right now, we're in, uh, Super Bowl's coming up next Sunday. And up until then, it was Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. You got all kinds of games. Games that would take us travel hundreds of miles because we want to sit and fill our appetites. And if it's not the games, it's the concerts. And if it's not the concerts, it's the movies. And if it's not the movies, it's TV. And if it's not TV, it's the, um, the music. And if it's not the music, you just fill in the blank. And we find nooks and crannies to feel, fill, F-I-L-L, fill that hunger and thirst for entertainment and for games and for work. We're always using our time for something. Now, every spare second we have, because we've got these devices that follow us everywhere, they're in our pockets. And if we have one minute by ourselves, we got this thing. We're going out, we're doing one of these things because we're filling something up. We're hungering and thirsting for information that is of this world. That's what happens. If we're honest, and we did a video recording of every one of our lives, many of us would be embarrassed. Because we're talking about hungering and thirsting after righteousness, but what we see often among so many brothers and sisters in Christ is hungering and thirsting after the things of this life, this world. The things that will burn up, that will not pass the test of fire. And so many live high on the hog, including Christians. So I'm talking about us, I'm talking about me. irony of this whole sermon is that I got to see it even this week in preparing for a sermon about hungry and thirsting after righteousness one of my sweet beautiful daughters convicted my heart she did it without even knowing so and I was cut to the heart When I was honest about what I was using my time with, I thought, I have an idol. And I threw the idol away. And I thought, if I were to apply the time that I'd been devoting to such and such that was just meaningless, useless, how much glory can be given to the God that I proclaim that I love. And so it was very, very good. It was good for me. When you look at this, you go back to Matthew chapter 5, and you look at the character traits of individuals that hunger and thirst, and it follows the physical pattern. You look at those who are poor, 
they probably don't have enough to eat. And by the way, when I'm talking about poor, I'm not talking about American poor, okay? I'm talking about you don't have clothes on your back. I'm talking about you don't have enough food for today. You don't have anything. You're wondering if you're going to be able to eat in the next one, two, three, four, five days. That's the kind of poor I'm talking about. And it's the kind of poor that people are naturally hungering. Ben was saying he'd never fasted in his life until last week in preparation for the class in Exodus. And how he went three days and you hunger, don't you? And he had mentioned the correlation between that and, and thinking about God and praying to God. And that there is a correlation even in Scripture to our fasting from that standpoint. But this is not a fasting because you want to. This is a fasting because this is your state. You're impoverished and you have nothing to eat. And so you're wanting satisfaction and you're crying out to have that hunger pains filled, fulfilled. And that's exactly what we see in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Because the poor in spirit hunger and thirst. And is looking for that which can fulfill. And that's where our God comes in. And that's where righteousness comes in. If, if you look at the Christian who is giving their lives to the Lord. Not from an external standpoint of what's being done. From, from the heart where the heart is, where it moves and is stirred, then it's like the song that we sing, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. And so in, in that 42nd Psalm, as the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul pants for you, O God. Think of the, this hungering, if you will, thirsting after God. My soul th my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? This is a soul that longs after him. Expressed in words. In the song. My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? Do you hunger and thirst after God this way, brethren? Do you hunger and thirst... After the word of righteousness, we're told in 1 Peter 2, verses 1 uh, through 3, therefore putting aside malice, deceit, and hypocrisy, envy, and all slander, he says, like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation, if you've tasted the kindness of, of the Lord. Do you hunger after God's word? You see, I love God, and yet... What does my life show? Where's my true love? <clears throat> See, we can talk a good game. We can talk how much we love God, but where is the longing for? I mean, how many of us remember the days of when we first met our true loves? You couldn't wait to speak to that love. You wouldn't want the conversations to end when you have that kind of infatuation with one another. That's because you hunger and thirst in that relationship. This is the kind of hungering and thirsting after God, after his word, after
after a life of righteousness. That you, it's not a matter of, well, I cannot do this, and I cannot do this, and I have to do this, and I have to do that. It's, I want so much to live this life. I have no desire for this way of the world. I, I crave righteousness. I crave to live for righteousness. Right? For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous man shall live by faith. And we can read of many scriptures of Jesus Christ who longed for his father. And that when he was on the cross, it was not for dying, but for being separated from the one he longed so much for. So here's the reaction I'm going to get in my head with you. I'm judging you, by the way as a whole because I'm judging you as, as mankind number one I want to hunger and thirst after God that way I really do and I admit I've got the flesh warring against the spirit I struggle with that and then there's you whoever you are that says eh I kind of like where things are right now I want to but I mean, really, it's not going to happen. And, and wherever in between. That's going to be your reaction if it's not already there. When we leave these doors, we have a choice in what we're going to live. But the choice is one thing. It's where the heart is. Do you long after God? Do you want to live righteously? Do you want to live to the glory of God? Do you want to please Him with every breath you take? That's a kind of hungering and thirsting. It's as if that if you didn't have it, oh, you crave it. It's the reason why there are people that are on fire for the Lord. The fire does not wane. Because you see it. It's genuine. It's not showmanship. It is a genuine hungering and thirst after God, after his word, after a life of righteousness. Here is a quote from a devotional. And I'll tell you what. I want to I see if this quote, well, I, the quote is coming in about four more slides. My bad. But I want you to see the passages about Jesus Christ. Brad was mentioning in his prayer about it's all about Jesus Christ. Well, let's read some passages about Jesus Christ. Jesus said it to the woman at the well in John 4 in Samaria, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. You'll be satisfied. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Jesus Christ is our drink. Do we drink him up? Jesus said to them, I am, in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. And he who believes in me will never thirst. Do you hunger and thirst the Savior? And this is the quote I was talking about. Oh, it didn't come out on this slide as well as, as on the PowerPoint. Listen to the words carefully. 
right now, I cannot say that this has been the way I've, I've hungered and thirsted after God. I love him, but I've never put it in words like this. I've never really had that kind of, of just hunger, if you will. But in this book, in this devotional, Tommy Tenney has a prayer that said, and this is a prayer that he would give every day. He said, Lord Jesus, my soul aches at the mere mention of your name. The mere mention of the name Jesus and his soul aches. My heart leaps for every rumor of your coming and each possibility that you will manifest your presence. The rumor is Jesus is coming and I cannot help but just jump for joy because I want the Lord to come now. I want him to come now. I'm not saying, well, but I've got my kids and you fill in the blank. My grandkids fill in the blank. My brother and sister's ball game. But this, I just want to see their birthday. I want to see the wedding. Mm-mm. Leaping at the mere rumor that he's coming. He goes on to say, I'm not satisfied with mere spiritual dainties. I don't want the snacks, the delicacies. I'm ravenously hungry for you in your fullness. I'm desperate to feast on the bread of your presence and quench my thirst with the wine of your spirit. Jesus is our bread and wine. We, we looked at him being our Passover just recently. Every time we partake of the Lord's Supper, for as often as you come together and do this in my name, do you do it with hungering and thirsting after that meal? You see, when you do it that way, you cannot help but partake in a worthy manner because that's exactly the way God wants you to come to remember his son that you hunger and thirst after him he is everything do we live like he is that's the question we've got the song of uh, ah that was not supposed to be here <laughs> that was supposed to be taken off from last week <laughs> we have an opportunity brethren in 2015 to manifest the kind of faith that shows the world we hunger and thirst Jesus Christ. We hunger and thirst our Heavenly Father. We hunger and thirst His Word. That we read it and we read it, not because I've got some thing on the bulletin that says, okay, this is this week's reading and I want to feel like I'm doing my part. Because we hunger and thirst after Him and after His righteousness. And that we pray, we hunger and thirst communicating to the One who listens to our petitions and listens to our cries. That's who we're hungering and thirsting after. Now, the reaction you can say is, oh, Mitch, man, that, that was supposed to be an encouraging lesson, but I just feel like that's not even me right now. Evaluate your priorities. And when you evaluate them, if God is first in your life, I mean first. And not just Barely first, he is head and shoulders above all that this world can offer. There is no comparison. And then tell me if you've got any problems with hungering and thirsting after him. I'd be very surprised. I want us so much to be the shining lights in this world. And naturally, it's every decision that you would make on your own as I would make for my, myself.
But I beg you, reevaluate if you need to. And dedicate your life to the Lord. Make Him first. Hunger after Him. Long for Him. The way we sing the songs that says so. So we can say it with true, genuine meaning. Live for Jesus. And you do that, and God will turn this world upside down the way He always has desired. But you cannot even hunger and thirst after Him if you have no need. And so I'm asking for those of you who have not put on Christ, do you hunger and thirst for salvation? Do you hunger and thirst for all that God promises? Because He promises everlasting life. He wants you to die with Him. And then He wants you to turn your appetites from this world to His Son. And if you're willing to die and be buried with Christ in baptism so that you can be raised to walk in newness of life, and if you desire to hunger and thirst after the one who's given you his life, then we're inviting you right now to make that call sure and steadfast by being added to the body of Christ. And if you need to return to him, repent, saying, Lord, I have not been longing for you. I've been living my own life. My appetite has been this world. It's called repentance for a reason. <laughs> Come back to the Lord. Do that right now. It's together we stand and sing this song.